What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Badgers. Uh, really fun show today, something I've been wanting to talk about a little bit. The brands in the Big Ten, USC, UCLA coming on board. Where does Wisconsin fit in that hierarchy? What tier is the Wisconsin brand? Who leads the conference? Who's in the bottom tier? Let's talk about all that and more in today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers, your team every single day. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in. As always, you guys are the best. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, official sports book of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Uh, we got a special new guest coming on today, Lucas Rode. Rode, sorry. Um, Lucas, thank you for joining <laughs> us. Uh, really do appreciate it. We've been talking in the background, kind of back and forth. Wanted to, um, A, give you a chance to introduce yourself. You have your own podcast. And let's talk some Big Ten tiers. Oh, he's paused up. There he is. There we are. Sorry about that. No, no worries. Did you did you get the intro? I did not. No, it froze no. right when I got put on camera. This is the magic of live um, live YouTube shows. <laughs> so Lucas Rohde coming on board. Uh, we've been talking in the background for a while. Big time Badger fan. Really knowledgeable. Has his own podcast. Um, Lucas, I want to have you on just to talk Big Ten tiers because mm -hmm. you have a podcast that talks a lot about Pac-12, Big Ten. Um, let's start there. Talk a little bit about your podcast, where people can find what you're doing, and then let's get into some tiers. Yeah, so I appreciate, one, for having me on, and two, yeah, uh, so me and my my old college buddy, uh, Ryan Baffalukas, uh, we, we do a college football podcast called Running for the Roses. You can find it on uh, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Running for Roses, and we really cover everything. He's a, an Arizona State grad. I'm a Wisconsin grad, so we do touch on a lot of Big Ten, Pac-12, but also everything uh, in the in the realm of college football. Like for example, this past week, we just posted a, uh, an episode talking about the SEC scheduling options uh, coming up for football when Texas and Oklahoma come into the conference, and what teams will play what. Uh, and who will play who and, and things like that. So uh, really enjoy just the, 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 the whole scope of the sport and just college athletics. Um, but yeah, uh, but also a diehard, diehard Badger fan uh, at heart. <laughs> Love it. And we'll link uh, your show uh, where people can find it. We'll put that in the show notes as well when we put that out so people can go check out what Lucas is doing. It's always good to have more voices in college football speaking up. I think we get smarter when we bring you know people from the community on. All right, Lucas, let's get into this. Uh, with UCLA, USC coming into the Big Ten, I wanted to talk about just the brands. Like, let's rank them out. Where in the, the hierarchy does Wisconsin fit? Where does everybody fit? So mm -hmm. we each broke it into four tiers, and we left the criteria kind of purposely vague, right? What yeah. What's important to me may not be important to you and vice versa. So let's let's start in tier four. We are mostly just focusing on athletic brands here. So we didn't really factor in the academics portion too much. But mm -hmm. uh, who's in your tier four? And then I'll give you mine and we'll kind of chop it up. All right. So I had, I think this was maybe the easiest tier to do. Um, so that might upset some people of some of these teams. But my tier four were Northwestern, Rutgers, and Illinois. Mm. Uh, like you said, going from a pure athletic standpoint i know academics are kind of part of the big 10 brand that it pairs academic excellence with um athletic accomplishments but i think just overall you look at northwestern really for most of their history were a doormat in both football 
and basketball. I mean, this year alone, we're, we're celebrating because it's the second time ever that they're making the NCAA tournament. And obviously the academic side plays a big role in that um, because of the amount of people that they're able to get into that school or the amount of people they're able to recruit. Uh, but I think uh, just being a doormat for a long part of their program, Rutgers, I think is the easiest one. Um, you could make an argument. They've been maybe the worst D1 athletic department uh, in a power five school for mm-hmm. a long, long time. Um, and then I just had Illinois. Yes. Maybe you could put them in the tier above because historically their basketball program has been pretty good. And some of their non revenue sports uh, have generally done pretty well, but just on the football side, I mean, they've only had a handful of winning seasons over the past few decades. I think their brand. And I think when we talk about brand, even in the state of Illinois, um, it's kind of hard to find Illinois diehard fans if you don't outside of Champaign. In Chicago, their biggest city, I mean, it, it's such a, a Big Ten melting pot that I just don't think, even in their home state, that brand is very, very big. So that's why I put Illinois in that bottom tier. No, I think that's a good list. I, I, my bottom tier is just a, a tick bigger than yours. Um, okay. But I, I start off, and I actually ranked it inside this tier too. So my bottom of tier four is Rutgers. I'm right there with you. Like they yeah. – bring nothing to the conference, um, a bad program really all around. Obviously, uh, Shiano's there. He hasn't really been able to turn them around in the two years he's been there. Then I have Northwestern right above them, kind of also in that bottom tier. Again, just back-to-back one and eight seasons in conference. I think Pat Fitzgerald's never won a Big Ten title. He's been there since 2006. The basketball program, we've talked about the futility of it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I do as well have Illinois in that bottom tier. Again, more of a basketball school that hasn't really excelled in basketball. Um, <laughs> up to their level, right? Like if True. there's some schools where you're one or the other, but you better be darn good in that one. Mm-hmm. And Illinois really hasn't done that. I also have Maryland in my, my tier four. Um, again, to me, it's kind of a basketball school that you have to go back a while. They, they have a national title. It's in the early two thousands, but when's their last meaningful run? And the football side has been mediocre to, to really bad for a long yeah. time. So Maryland also in my bottom four. That's what makes up my tier four. Um, yours with the addition of Maryland. Yours. Uh, so let me see here. So yeah, I would do the those bottom three. I actually had Maryland. That's where we disagree. I had them in my second tier Ooh. of of Big Ten teams. Uh, so when we move up there, but yeah, and then above that, so above my bottom tier, I had um, Indiana kind of for the same reason that you had Illinois, where if you're going to be really good at mm-hmm. one of the two, you need to be excellent. Indiana so we're pro right now. What's that? We're getting into tier three. Oh, tier three. Yes. I'm saying this is my, this yep. is my tier three. Um, just above my tier four, I would have Indiana right there. Um, Cause like you were saying uh, for basketball, it's been really up or down really since Bob Knight was let go there. They did win a, a, a national title. I think the last is like in the 90s or in the 80s. Um, but they've been very, very up and down. And obviously football, outside of a couple of really nice years under Tom Allen, uh, they've been kind of a dumpster fire. Um, I have Minnesota right there for the for the same reasons. They just haven't been particularly great in either one. I know these last few years under P.J. Fleck have been maybe the the best era. But the fact is, is like if nine and four is kind of like your – your golden mm-hmm. era. That means there wasn't much success prior to that. Um, I have Purdue in that third tier. Um, one, I think basketball holds them up a lot right now. 
uh, we were kind of talking about before the the podcast. So I think they're kind of like the standard bearer, I think, of the Big Ten Conference right now over the last five, six years um, when it comes to success. Um, but football's largely been up or down, a lot more down than up. And they just lost maybe their best head coach that I think they've had in a very, very long time. And then I have Iowa um, kind of topping out that last of the third at the top of that third tier. Mm. They've been, I think you could make an argument to put them in the second tier because they've overall been pretty consistent for the last uh, couple of decades, especially in football, but then also in basketball. As much as I can't stand Fran McCaffrey, I think he's a decent head coach. Like he has created a good floor for Iowa where they're almost a consistent tournament team. But I think for most of their history, they've been kind of been up or down. Um, but I also think uh, what's also been elevating to their women's basketball has been extremely good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also have maybe the best wrestling program in the country. So, but because those are slightly non-revenue sports, I don't think it, it helps them out a ton. So I just have Iowa just on the the top of that third tier. Interesting. Yeah. We have, we have many disagreements, which I love. Um, <laughs> we're going to get into that next. I got to take a quick break for our friends of the show. We're going to get into it next. I'm going to disagree slightly on minnesota iowa we have a disagreement on maryland coming up as well i want to get your take on why you have them a little higher than i do i'm excited for that one but first our friends of the show today taking a quick break uh fanduel america's number one sports book our new fan our new sports book is what we use with the nba season winding down march madness going on it is a great time to get into the fanduel world and especially if you're a new time user you get your no sweat first bet that's $1,000 back in no sweat first bet. Uh, bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three-pointers drained. Um, one of my favorite NBA bets, I've talked about it. I've got the Suns plus 650 now to win the title. That The odds went down a little bit because Durant got hurt, but Durant will be back for the playoffs. I mean, knock on wood, right? The guy, the guy's kind of getting to be that Mr. Glass, but he should be back for the playoffs. If that's the case, you're getting great odds on the Suns to win the title. Um, plus, you can do player props, combine it all into a same game, a single game parlay lets you get your immediate payout, more money, and make it a little more exciting. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet bat up, no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on today to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's keep going here. Um, Again, got Lucas on. Really do enjoy this. Um, Before the show, we talked a little bit. I actually had five tiers, right? You had three. So we kind of came together and created four (laughs) to to find a good melting pot. But just as a disclaimer, if, if we were sticking to the five, I had Minnesota and Indiana in between. So they were in kind of my my tier four then, right? Gotcha. So I had them above that bottom group we just talked about, but not quite into that elite category. With Minnesota, it's it's just you're not good enough at either, right? Minnesota, like you said, football's been better, but basketball's been kind of a low-key disaster. Mm-hmm. And football better doesn't mean football's been really good. 
And yeah. I just don't think there's there's a huge brand appeal there either. When you're talking about brands, some of it is almost a hard to characterize. Like Nike is a brand. You can just recognize it. It has cachet. I see people like top level recruits all the time in Minnesota that Minnesota is after football and basketball leaving the state, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't have that brand pull and appeal uh, with Indiana. I think the brand is really strong. Everybody knows that basketball brand, but it hasn't again, like the Illinois point, it really hasn't been living up to that reputation. Mm-hmm. And football has certainly been down the last couple of years. All right. So that's kind of my in between. Now let's get into tier three for me. You went through yours. I have Purdue in tier three, very, really a lot of the same reasons you have them. Um, mm-hmm. basketball programs and really good. Now they, you would kind of feel like last year was maybe their chance to, to really have that really special year where they win a title with Edie and Ivy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been, it's been a rock solid basketball program. Then I have Michigan state. I have Iowa and I'll just go through my list here. I have UCLA in my tier three. Ooh. Which I know, I know it's going to okay. be interesting. Then I've got Wisconsin and then I got Nebraska leading my tier three and it's kind of ranked in that order. So I have Wisconsin yeah, in tier three. Um, I have Nebraska at the top of that tier three list. I have UCLA. Listen, the UCLA thing's interesting to me. And I want your take on this. Maybe when yeah. we get, obviously you have a higher tier for them. So maybe when we get to your tier where they're in, the basketball brand is obviously iconic, right? Yes. Incredibly iconic basketball brand. They have won conference championships for a multitude of sports and incredibly rich history. It's also a sport where Chip Kelly's been there for five or six years. His best year is nine and four. Mm-hmm. It's a sport that lost 120, the athletic department lost $120 million over three years. It's part of the reason they came to the big 10, right? Cause they, they're, they're floundering um, from a, from a financial standpoint in a, in a sense. So, and again, if we're talking a, a huge basketball brand, what's in the last 10, 20 years, how many great UCLA teams have there been? It's true. So I, I feel like they live a little bit on the LA swag. I feel like they live a little bit on the, the history but recency hasn't been overly kind to UCLA. Um, I'll pause there because that, that's, that's kind of my tier three. We have, we have multiple um, differences already and get your take yeah. on my UCLA take. So it's funny we're talking about brands with UCLA. This might be telling for UCLA the fact that Under Armour, when they were going through financial issues, decided to axe uh, their contract with UCLA over all the other brands. It was like a 200 some million dollar contract they had with UCLA and they asked them. So that might tell you what Under Armour thought of UCLA, especially football at the time. For So for UCLA, some of the points you brought up were why I elevated them into my tier two was just because they've been so successful. Obviously, basketball, I believe they have the most national titles ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, most of those were won in the 60s and 70s, but... They even had a run in the in the mid 2000s under Ben Howland, where they went to three consecutive Final Fours. They just went to a Final Four a couple of years ago with with Mick Cronin. I know that was kind of more of a Cinderella run. It wasn't like everyone that year was anticipating them to have that type of season, and it was the COVID year where a lot of weird stuff happened. But that's kind of where I just elevated them. I know football football is very up or down for them. It's they're kind of like a they're like five and seven, or they might be going to the Rose Bowl. But even at their peak, they're not where USC is at their peak, where mm-hmm. when USC is peaking, USC is going to be like a national champion contender. They're winning their conference every year. UCLA really hasn't had that type of sustained success. So that's why I didn't have them, honestly, in my, my top tier. But you look at the overall ACA, uh, the overall athletic department, I believe they were number – I looked this up. They were number two for just total national titles of any athletic department. Mm-hmm in the country. And I think that does weigh a little bit 
we'll see how that changes when they do join the Big Ten. Um, I do like the marks that you make that like their athletic department was not doing fairly well. Like that has to impact you. But I think that the overall academic achievement in the history they have, and I do think though we are looking at it strictly an athletic lens, I do think the LA brand is yeah. something that they really, really sell well. And USC does too. And I think they're actually going to enhance that when they join the big 10, because they are going to be the LA school uh, in the conference. So that's a great point bringing up there. What is UCLA? Cause I'm not worried about USC is going to be a monster wherever they are, yeah. but what does UCLA do with an influx of big 10 cash, right? That, mm-hmm. that could be one of those, those cases where that, that brand suddenly becomes much more reminiscent of the brand that it was in the, in the sixties, seventies, you know, even then, listen, the UCLA football was going to the Rose bowl in the, in the nineties yeah. and two thousand. So maybe that cash helps them get back to that point. I just look at the last couple decades and just kind of, it's to me, it's kind of a, Mm. there's not a lot of substance on, on those bones. All right, mm. let's, let's go to our tier two. Um, so that was our tier threes. My tier two is very simple. It's Penn state. Oh, That's wow. So, okay. Yeah. So, and, and I, again, some of this to me, I, I also looked up athletic revenue, you know, but some of this mm-hmm. is just, if you zoom out nationally, what's, well, who are the major call? And I, w- I put more weight on college football here. Who are the major college football brands like Penn State is in a category that as much as Wisconsin wants to be there and as much as I want, they're not in that category. Yeah, in my opinion. So I have Penn State in in the number two slot. If they're the only school I have in the tier two, I have Wisconsin at the top of my tier three with Nebraska. So how about you? What's your tier two? So the top of your tier three basically is leads into my tier two. Okay, pretty much. So I had mine was bigger. My my my. Tier two was actually my biggest tier. I had five teams in it. So I had uh, Nebraska um, filling up the bottom. I know the football success has not been there, and that is what that is their bread and butter. Okay. They really don't, I mean, they care for other sports, but let's be frank, they care about Nebraska football. The history is there, the fan base is phenomenal. The fact that they've been as bad as they've been and they still average, I know it's yeah. not technically it's they're they're really not selling out those games, but I know they still say it is. But the fact that they're still getting 70, 80,000 people to those games every week, they're probably gonna have a sellout for their spring day again this year, I think still means a lot. Um, and I think that brand is still really, really strong. I think people still have an idea in their head. Um, like a recruit in Texas or a recruit in California knows what Nebraska football still stands for. So that's why I still hold them there. Also, they're a powerhouse in women's volleyball. I mm-hmm. love volleyball. So um, I they are always powerhouse, and I love that Wisconsin kind of has the edge on them now. Um, I have Maryland in my tier two. Um, I, this was the, our biggest difference yeah, yeah. one. I think just the success they've had in basketball, even joining the Big Ten, they've still been pretty good. They've they took a share of the Big Ten title back in 2020. They haven't had maybe those deep runs that they had under Gary Williams. But I still think overall the Maryland basketball brand is strong. Their fan base is really, really good. I think the Infinity Center is one of the best venues in the Big Ten uh, to watch a basketball game. Uh, and then I think across the, the board, some of their other sports, they have a really, they're really good in men's lacrosse, uh, men's baseball. They're very, very good soccer. A lot of their non-revenue sports, they've really, really done. Uh, they've won a ton of Big Ten titles since they've joined the conference. So I think that does weigh a little bit. And that's kind of why I weighed them there at the Tier 2. Uh, Michigan State, um, largely because of basketball. Uh, mm-hmm. Arguably, outside of Indiana, maybe the, the best basketball program in the Big Ten historically. 
Um, and especially recently, they're the last Big Ten team to win a national title in men's basketball. So they do have that. Tom Izzo, arguably, maybe outside of Bob Knight, probably going to go down as one of the best head coaches in Big Ten history. Um, and then also in football, um, they're outside of Ohio State, Michigan. They're the only other Big Ten team to make the college football playoff. Um, and obviously, they've been up and down the past five or six years. Um, but I think football, they've they've made, made tremendous strides since, since the early 2000s, where they were kind of like a, a middle-tier, like, bowl team every single year. So that's where I had them. I have Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin would be up there with Penn State um, in, like, your tier if most of Wisconsin's success had been historical. But right. a lot of the success we have with Wisconsin is really when Barry Alvarez took over in the mid-'90s. Um, basically, that's really when you look at the success for, for college football. Basketball was in even worse shape. Uh, I mean, they went 47 years from 1947 to 1993 without making a single NCAA tournament. Um, we think for Wisconsin going to the NIT stakes – that would have been like a huge deal. They only went to the NIT, mm -hmm. I think, five times during that stretch. So I think that weighs against them. But you can't argue the success that they've had over the last three years. Multiple Big Ten titles. Uh, in football, um, they have the highest winning percentage of any team not to make the college football playoff. Um, I think right next to Penn State. Um, you look at basketball. Obviously, we had a, a national championship in our grasp just a handful of years ago. Multiple Big Ten titles. So... <laughs> Sorry to bring up PTSD. It, oh, it does for me every man. time, too. So I think uh, Wisconsin there. And then, obviously, we already talked about UCLA. Um, I had them there largely with a lot of their uh, athletic achievements and some other sports. But also, just I think, just a, a history of historical achievement since the onset of their athletic department. So is that is that in order for your Tier 2? Like yeah. So I have UCLA, Wisconsin, Maryland, Michigan State, Nebraska. Okay, so you, it's interesting. So I have Nebraska just slightly ahead of Wisconsin. And again, yeah. it's weighed mostly on that football brand. I, I think people underestimate how powerful that Nebraska football brand is. Still is. You know, money flows through that that stadium and that program. Um, and even though the, the titles are from the 90s, I mean, they had more previous to that as well. The people who were watching those games are now parents and grandparents with a lot of money and their kids are in Nebraska. Like that, that still matters. Like winning titles in the nineties isn't irrelevant. People think that it didn't happen. It's so long ago. That's not like Minnesota football where you're talking in like the fifties and sixties and thirties, whatever it is like that, that to me still bears significance. Um, all right, let's, let's take one more quick break. We got friends of the show and then we're going to talk tier one and I'm going to get Lucas's take on Greg guard and the Badgers basketball program, a hot button topic as always. All right. But first today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Bill bar. Um, and Bill Bar with listen, March Madness is going on. It is the favorite time to try your favorite Bill Bar, your favorite puff, whatever it is from Built. Um, go go to March Madness, builtmarchmadness.com. Vote for your favorite favorites. You know, I'll be voting for the churro bar, which is incredible. Tons of protein, crazy good flavor. Um, and if you want your favorite to win, you'll be voting for that bar as well. Support your team, support your favorite bar, your favorite flavor. And when you vote for your favorite bar, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of Built. Not going to beat that anywhere. Plus, one locked on fan who votes will get a 12 month subscription to Built, have free Built bars delivered every single month of your favorite flavor to your door just for betting or going online and, and 
doing a free uh, March Madness bracket with your favorite flavors. You got to try Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're incredible. 100% real chocolate, tons of protein, not a lot of sugar. And what makes them so good, again, is the taste and the health combined into one. Run to BuiltBarMadness.com right now. Vote for your favorite bar. Pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. All right, let's get Lucas back in here. And again, man, really appreciate you jumping in. This is a fun conversation. Um, these are some of the things I like to be able to do on the show too, is we can just, we can talk about topics that people would talk about in a bar. Like what's the best mm-hmm. brand in, in the big 10. All right. So we're, we're into our tier one. I think we're, we obviously have the same mix of schools here, but I'm curious about your order. Okay. What order are you, are you going with your tier one, big 10 brands? So tier one. So I am going with, oh man, this is going to kill me. I'm going with Ohio state as my, my top tier one. I'm going with USC second and i'm going with maybe my most despised big 10 school uh michigan and then i have penn state after that at number four yeah so we're, we're in the same order considering yeah. i have penn state as my only tier two school mm-hmm. i have ohio state usc michigan i actually didn't really struggle with that top three that that felt like a, a really actually the top four that felt like a pretty obvious um kind of mark in the sand and then the rest of the schools are jumbled up behind them yeah no that was kind of me as much as it pains me because especially Ohio State and Michigan, we all know they're good. They know they're good. And um, it hates for me to have to reinforce that to them. But it is what it is. I mean, with with Ohio State, just in football alone, man, you could argue that Ohio State might be the most consistent program ever. Like, they they have, like, no down years. It's like them in Mm -hmm. Oklahoma. Uh, Even, like, Alabama has had had really rough years before uh, Nick Saban took them over. and then with and then they're also really good in all their other sports. Obviously, basketball, they've made a couple national title runs um, under Thad Mata. Uh, they've been consistently good in, in that regard. Michigan, kind of the same way. They've been good and really good in both sports. Um, football, obviously, this big resurgence under Jim Harbaugh, but all the history, the tradition. Um, and then obviously in basketball, too. Uh, they've, they've owned a couple national titles. They've, they've made a couple runs recently here under John Beeline. Um, and we have won a couple big 10 titles. So I think it's their USC. I mean, I think that brand we've already talked about UCLA and how LA kind of personifies that brand. It's 10 times that I believe with yeah. USC, they're the LA school out there. And the fact that you are the school in the second biggest country in the U S they're treated very much like a professional team out there. Um, and when they're rolling, um, that fan base is extremely energized and, They've had a resurgence in basketball here under Andy Ampfield. They're they're in the tournament uh, this season. They've made a couple deep runs under him too, um, and just the maybe the one of the richest programs uh, historical wise. And I think with Penn State, the same thing uh, history wise for football. They're one of the most historic brands. They're in a massive state as well in Pennsylvania, and they are the program. Sorry, Pitt fans, but Penn State dominates that state of Pennsylvania. Uh, and I think they also have a brand. I think Penn State kind of a blue collar kind of mentality that really fits the Big Ten. Um, and they're great. Uh, it boggles my mind how uh, Penn State still has not been consistently good at basketball when they I think they have every resource to do so. Um, but all their non-revenue sports, they're extremely good in. You talk about volleyball, wrestling. Heck, they even just added hockey like 10 years ago. And they're like a perennial top 10 team in hockey every year now, too. So uh, that was really kind of what uh, rounded. Um, I think Penn State, if they had a better basketball program, 
maybe they could push their way up there, but that was why I had them at, at four in that, in that top tier. Yeah. It's, it's well said, man. I think you, those four brands, especially if you talk iconic, iconic brands, I mean, it's USC, it's Michigan, it's, it's Ohio state, Penn state's kind of on the periphery. If you're talking the elite of the elite mm-hmm. brands, but like, I, I just don't think there's an argument there to put any other big 10 school into that mix. Um, I, I did want to hit on your point too with Ohio State and always being consistently good. I, I keep it seems like every year someone says, "Well, Stroud is gone, and and who? What's a new quarterback?" I mean, just like listen, they yeah. always have a guy. It, mm-hmm. it, just stop. There's <laughs> always going to be a dude at quarterback. Because think True. of the last. I was doing this thought experiment with somebody else, um, a buddy of mine who's work at ESPN. We we're like, off the top of your head, who's the last bad Ohio State quarterback you can think of? Oh, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Like we were no, like, no. Right brain. we're like. You just go through the rules. Who is before Craig Krenzel? Right. That's my point. Like, <laughs> ever. Yeah. Right. Like, it's incredible. Every every school has a, at least one or two bad quarterbacks in like the last fifteen years. Where you're like, oh, yeah. at least in Ohio State, it's just like, just stop it, man. It, um, well, you could say that, like, maybe out of the last how many years, maybe JT Barrett or Braxton Miller has been their worst one, but he mm-hmm. would have been probably still the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Yeah. Like that's how much better they've been. Those dudes are killers in the Big Ten. Like, that's yeah. the thing. Like, you know, Braxton Miller wasn't an NFL quarterback. In the Big Ten, he was a, a handful. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's just – it's nauseating, quite frankly. <laughs> um, I'm going to really quick finish up here. I think I think for the most part, we're within shouting distance on most of our picks outside of – I think Maryland and UCLA are probably the biggest. Big, yeah. Yeah, difference points there. I don't think that Maryland football program is good enough to be in Tier 2. I just – there's not enough there, but I respect the fact that they do have a national title in a, a relatively recent time frame here. Yeah. Um, let's talk Grey Guard. Let's talk basketball quickly. Let's finish that. I want to get your – just your take on – there's this huge spectrum of people who want – literally want him fired right now and people who say no problems. He won Big Ten Coach of the Year last year. Everyone just relax. In mm-hmm. that giant spectrum, uh, where do you fall? So I'm definitely not in the fire guard camp. I have been a pretty feverish guard supporter. Um, I remember when the fire guard, uh, you know, crowd was coming out, especially in 2020, when that season looked like it was completely crumbling. Mm -hmm. They were were not playing well. They they have the issues with Kobe King. You have their strength coach having to Mm -hmm. resign over over something uh, uh, racial that he had said. And it looked like... Greg Gard was just kind of losing control of the program and it looked like they were not going to make the tournament for the second time in like three years, but then they were able to pull together and they ended up winning a big 10 title. And he's now done a big, he's now won a big 10 title twice in the last three years. And yet we're still hearing this. Look, they're having a down year. That's just what it is. To me, you fire a coach for a downtrend, not a down year. Um, we fired Paul Chris because the football program was on a three year downtrend. Uh, that didn't look like was re- reversing anytime soon. Greg Gard has shown, you know, after a down year that he can flip it. He can learn from his mistakes. He's already pointed to the fact that he knows this team needs more depth. They're going to attack the transfer portal. I like the three uh, recruits that they're bringing in. I think all three, I think at least two of them, I think Gus Yaldin uh, and John Blackwell will be able to play right away, which I think will that alone will alleviate mm-hmm. their depth issues on this team. And the fact is they're still playing. Uh, they got a game on Sunday. I'm going to cheer like hell for them. And I look, I get the criticism. I think some of it is very, is, is warranted. 
like the recruiting issues that he has had the last few years are definitely a cause of concern. Um, but I do think generally he's uh, still serving this program proud. They've still made the tournament more years than not. And they just won a Big Ten title, for God's sakes, last mm-hmm. year when people picked them to finish 10th last year. So, and half these, and we're not even talking about this if they win maybe half of those close games that they lost this year. If they don't let Hunter Dickinson hit a crazy three pointer, oh. sorry, sorry, no, it's uh, hit a hit a crazy three pointer, they win that game. If they play, if they can get one bucket against Rutgers, they win that game in the final three minutes. Purdue, I mean, the list goes on and on about the chances they had this year. If they don't, if they decide to play against Ohio State, they probably win that game by fifteen. So. I am not in the fire great guard camp. If they have another down year next year, then yeah, I think then you can bring, I think, I think then it might be time to make a change, but he has earned the right to turn this ship around. You don't fire good head coaches um, too soon. I mean, I brought up an example before, before the pot about Matt Painter, Matt Painter's first six years at Purdue were really good. He took them, they were a -hmm. down program the last couple of years under Gene Cady to, they won a Big Ten title, and then after his seventh and eighth year, they didn't make the tournament. They were like a 500, mediocre Big Ten team, but yet they stuck through him. Uh, he changed some things, and now look at them. Ever since then, uh, they've won multiple Big Ten titles. Uh, we've seen them make some decent runs in the NCAA tournament, and they've probably been arguably one of the most consistent teams in the Big Ten. So I, they basically were what, what Bo Ryan had us going at, kind of perennial top four um, and making runs in the NCAA tournament. So I am not in the fire guard camp. I think, yes, there are concerns, but I think he's deserved the right to to ride the ship and figure this out. Yeah, and for those who have listened to the show, that's mostly where I'm at as well. I will I will make one point, and while I agree with, uh, and CJ Abbott says the NIT doesn't count, I know there's differences, <laughs> differences in opinion of whether or not we're, we should be cheering for them or be excited for it. Um, I, I do want to point out one thing, though, that I see repeated a lot, and I'm not attacking you on this point yeah but certainly several of those games could have been flipped the other way there's several close wins that have also could also be flipped true. the other that's way also true. Yeah. um yeah. and that's part of the issue with this team is if you play so closely to every team and you can't separate um you do put yourself in that spot you yes. know and your point is 100 percent correct like hunter dickinson has no there's no reason logically that shot should have gone <laughs> in right <laughs> no. but that's also kind of the case when you have a five minute slump offensively in that game, you put yourself in those spots, unfortunately, but mostly I agree with you uh, on Greg guard. I, I just, I think it's a, a little bit of a knee jerk reaction and I'll point this out. We talked about this off, off camera or offline before we got started. I don't remember people coming into my comments last year saying he needs to be fired, you know, or even at the beginning of this year. So it feels like an overreaction based on just two bad months. And to me, that's, that's too quick of a, of a knee jerk decision. Agreed. Agreed. And, uh, and I agree with that, that statement too, because last year um, when they won the big 10, I mean, they were lethal in close games. I mm-hmm. think people forget. They also played a ton of close games. They, it was just, they only lost like one or two. And I think we had some regression to the mean this year. And we also lost, you know, an all American and top 10 NBA draft pick in Johnny Davis, who helped you close a lot of those games. Um, so, you know, like I said, I'm interested to see how they do turn around, how they do attack the portal. And some people might say, like CJ, that the NIT doesn't count. If 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 Stephen Crowell 
puts up performances like he did uh, on, what was that, Tuesday night, and that mm-hmm. carries over, not just in the NIT, but that carries over in the next year, uh, I'm going to, that's a hard argument to say the NIT doesn't count because I think that's what you're using the NIT for is to be somewhat of a springboard for these guys going into next season. And yeah, I'll finish on that. And I appreciate everybody tuning in on the show. Obviously appreciate Lucas. So the Rip Hamilton UConn team that ended up winning a title for um, Calhoun, they were an NIT team a year or two before mm-hmm. and performed really well there. They use that as a springboard. Um, it's, it's an interesting thing where, you know, it can really help. And if you can get something, I would love to see Siege and go on a bit of a tear at the end here. Yeah. Certainly whatever Crowell can do to carry over. I don't think it's useless. I also have made the point on the show, and I don't think Lucas is suggesting this. If you, there should be no banners hung, you know, yeah. like you're, you're not, if you, if you go on a great run, no, but we're not here for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's be clear. No, if you, if you have a national championship finalist banner up, you cannot put up an NIT like championship. Yeah. I think they, I can't remember if they have, cause I know they have like the tiles around the Cole center that show like big 10 champs. I don't know if they have one for NIT. They might, but I'm not sure. Um, but if I you hope- put it up there, you got to sneak it up there. You can't have like an unveiling, like an unveiling, right? Like yeah. here's the NIT banner. It's- you just got to kind of sneak it up there when no one's in the room and hope nobody's no. makes too big a deal out of it. <laughs> we're, we're above that. It's the same. I'm a big Brewers fan and the Brewers, when they win the wild card, they put up a banner that said like, 2020 or 2019 wild card champs. I'm like, okay, don't do that. Division champs, okay. Wild, like, don't, don't do that. But yeah, NIT, right. no, don't. Even if they win it, don't put it up there. Right. No, I, I hear you, man. And a bunch of people in the comments, um, a lot of them going in on Hunter Dickinson, which I'm all here for. Um, anyway, let's wrap it up there. Lucas, thank you so much for doing, uh, joining in. Love to do it again at some point. We're going to put your show link up in a, our show notes as well so people can come and find the work you're doing. For everybody in the chat, appreciate you all so much. Sorry we didn't get a show up earlier today. Um, so this is kind of the show for today. But appreciate everybody on Wisconsin, and let's keep it going.